0: Hey there, I'm Nikki Milne, high school dropout next hairdresser and salon owner turned PR and marketing expert and founder of the Peth Collective PR agency. The Passion to Profit podcast is a conversational business podcast with a focus on marketing and PR to help business owners scale successfully, acquire more customers, increase your profits and become that desired go-to brand in your industry. So open your notepad on your phone, get out your pens and paper. You don't want to miss any of the following tips, tricks, and strategies that you're about to experience on the Passion to Profit podcast. Let's get started. Welcome to the Passion to Profit show. Today, I am joined by one of my gorgeous friends who is just this artist that's leading the way in the Perth space in NFTs and I know many of you are wondering what an NFT is. I must admit when she first came back to me many years ago, I had no idea what it was either. And since then I've been on quite a journey to learn about these NFTs and I have fallen in love with my guest's art and it really has opened up a new world to so many. So I would love to welcome Nicola Coxon to the Passion to Profit Podcast.
1: Oh, Nikki, thank you so much. I'm so overwhelmed to be invited. So, thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: You are welcome. So, I would love you to take it back a step and start on your journey, how you got into
1: art and what led you to NFTs. Yeah, of course. Did you know this was a year ago today that we had our first face to face today? Oh, really? Right?
0: Today. Yeah. Oh, my today. God. That's so ironic. I do know. know that.
1: Meant to- crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So hi, I'm I'm Nikki. Um, so I began my journey into art in at uni. I studied fine arts at Curtin University and essentially was a video artist. So um, filming on an old HD camera, you know, tape um, and producing DVDs back then. Um, and it was, I used the same techniques back then of filming paint and ink and solvents in a Petri dish and then putting them onto TV screens or computer screens. So that's essentially where my art, this art, started. So fast forward to the year after I was studying a dip head and I had a huge family tragedy. My sister suicided and that led me down a completely different path so I abandoned my art I just took a total turn into wanting to help people so um, I don't know if you know in year 10 you do a little stint where you figure out what you want to do I did mine at a physiotherapy practice and I went oh how can I help people what can I do what can I how can I make my life and Kate's life meaningful and That's where um, I studied physiotherapy and I've been a physiotherapist for 10 years now and it wasn't until COVID hit and everyone's got their COVID story, but COVID hit and I lost some of my casual shifts and as we all found ourselves, it was only six weeks, it wasn't long, stuck at home, not having my art with me anymore, not having my physio and figuring out who am I? And so that threw me back into the studio, back into my old ways of well not my old techniques of filming paint but all the technologies changed we've got beautiful you know um, 4k digital cameras now and amazing screens and so much more um, technologies caught up and then so during this time I also was following all these amazing um, digital artists on Instagram and they were hashtagging NFT And I had no idea. I was NFI on NFTs, so I was. I went and did my own um, research into it, and was like, "Right, wow." Um, And I think that's when this whole blockchain, NFT technology, cryptocurrency—you sort of start going down the rabbit hole. And I um, had to learn really quickly about this, and it just suited my art perfectly because I've got you know MP4 files, but they are fine art, and so how do you? make these um, authentic? How do you authenticate this video as a one of a kind? How do you make a digital asset valuable? And it just made complete sense. So, and then here we are today. I feel like there's a few gaps there, but.
0: No, it's so true. And I think that's the interesting thing about um, NFTs that when you look back at your journey, you were really ahead of your time. Back when you were at uni studying art and videoing your art and fine art, I think that you know, you were a little ahead of the time. You had to wait for technology to catch up, and the world has yeah. caught up, and from it has emerged NFTs. And I think that's a huge thing. Um, so we've been working with Nikki on her PR and um, exploring NFTs. And It was quite incredible to me because I know the first email you sent to me, I was like, I don't get this. What's the difference to me designing something on Canva or, you know, doing something in Photoshop and all the rest of it, but then actually seeing you creating the art. So if anyone is really curious, make sure you go onto Nikki's Instagram because there's a lot of footage of you actually working in your studio and how you do it, which leads me to explaining, you know, your background with your dad being an IVF specialist (laughs) The way you inject the inks and um, you know that is so captivating. So, I, do you want to give people
1: a little bit of an insight into the process of how you actually create the art? Yeah. Um, so, I set up my. I've got a Sony um, big A seven, you know, four K camera, and I set it up perpendicularly to a table, um, and I use a macro lens so it's um, magnifies it um, up to oh. That's escaped my mind. It anyway, magnifies it, um, and I film it perpendicularly to a petri dish. I use the petri dish because it controls um, the movement of the the substances in there, so I can um, use gravity or um, to create flow with the pigments and the paints and the petri dish. But I also use, like you say, syringes and forks and all sorts of other things to drop in, you know, very precise amounts of um, solvents like methylated spirits or turpentine to create chemical reactions and physical reactions to just create moving paintings within that little cosmos, the little Petri dish. Does that explain?
0: Absolutely. I think that's perfectly explained. So For uh, many of you that are confused between digital and then fine arts through an NFT, that is exactly the difference. You're actually creating the artwork, filming it, and then converting it into these files that are then converted into NFTs. Can you imagine? You've always been proud of your ability to work hard and get things done. But lately, it's starting to feel like the harder you work, the further behind you fall. You see, all these other business owners who seem to have it all figured out. They're posting about how much money they're making, how easy it is for them to run a successful business, and they have freedom and flexibility. They're making it look so easy. But how are they doing it? Introducing the SIA method. Earn more and work less with my eight-week online group coaching course, I'm going to give you all the time-saving systems and productivity tools you need to get started straight away. Plus, you're going to have my step-by-step marketing blueprint that will help accelerate sales as soon as you implement. How do I know this? Because this is the same method we use in my PR and marketing agency that gets incredible results. We're going to systemize, implement, and accelerate your business growth. So what's inside this eight-week course? We've got video education, templates, worksheets, guides, fresh ideas, and proven result-driven marketing campaigns that you literally can copy and paste and implement to get instant results. And as a bonus in this particular intake, starting on the 25th of July, you're going to get group coaching and accountability from me. I'm going to motivate you and provide a safe space to ask questions plus seek feedback and motivate you. I want to help you move beyond those 8 to 10K months and amplify your business success. So never forget how wildly capable you are and how far you've come. But now it is time to take action, invest in yourself and grow your business for the future. Visit www.nikkibill.com slash CSIA method to find out more about this amazing new growth coaching program. So do you want to explain exactly what an NFT
1: is in simple terms? <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. I think so. For me, NFT is the tip of the iceberg. I think we really need to start with what is blockchain technology, because that's what underpins an NFT. And that's what underpins, I know people are a bit scared of, but that's what underpins cryptocurrencies. So an NFT stands for non-fungible token. Which means it can it's um, not like for like, whereas a cryptocurrency is a fungible token. So eth or ether um, or Bitcoin is um, a fungible token. so you can exchange one ether for another ether. So but a non-fungible token is something that uses the blockchain, like cryptocurrency does, uses blockchain technologies to authenticate and validate that piece of information in a blockchain. So blockchain technology is basically, um, it's a distributed digital ledger which uses cryptographic um, technologies. To it's very hard to get yeah. this. In.
0: Yeah, and I completely understand. It's a uh, or well, understand what you're trying to say because we've been through this quite a lot with clients, and I feel like um, NFTs. When we go in depth into it, that's where people tend to get a little bit lost because I guess even cryptocurrency blockchains. That's all very new terminology to majority of us. And I think, um, you know, that's been the biggest thing around education of NFTs. There is no simple way to actually explain what it is. (laughs)
1: Because you go down that rabbit hole and and then you're like, should I study computer science to get this in my head? Yeah,
0: absolutely. (laughs) And I think that's it. Like when you're talking blockchains and stuff, like there's to a certain level you start understanding. And then I was like, I know quite a lot about NFTs working with you now. And I'm like, yeah, I never thought about it like that when you were just explaining that. But I think, and I think from a point of view, NFTs are a raising
1: um, commodity and an investment for a lot of people. Would you agree? hundred oh, percent, yes. And I think NFTs doesn't just have to be art. It, NFTs are going to disrupt the way in which a lot of businesses conduct, you know, ticketing or house deeds or there could be so many other ways an NFT could be um, utilised. So it's about the utility within the NFT, um, which is exciting, which is kind of crazy to think um, that this blockchain, the cryptocurrency, the NFTs are going to be um, a financial product, not just a technological product as well. So there's a lot of change in the legislation in Australia at the moment on creating stable coins to because the volatility around cryptocurrency it does make it quite you know oh how do we get into this you know it's so volatile the you know even the share market's volatile but yeah, crypto is that's
0: reminding me of yeah
1: yeah, yeah very big <laughs> highs and very low lows you know it's very volatile but I think for the, the general public to adopt this technology it's going to have to be more consumer friendly so I think that's when even though it's a decentralised um, way of operating, it will need to have some form of link to a centralised or a um, fiat currency in order to be stable. Is that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's more and more people using NFTs, investing in NFTs. Mm. Education's absolutely growing. And I think, you know, even when I bought my NFT off you, I was, I... Yeah realize we were doing um, you know launching uh, Nikki's exhibition in Perth and working with a traditional uh, gallery and then there was me who I like to think I'm kind of technology savvy but then we got there in the meeting and I was like so what do people do they pay for these NFTs and then where do they go and you're like in a digital wallet and we're like what you have (laughs) a wallet and just like all of us who consider ourselves quite knowledgeable we're like oh, my God, where do we get one of them from? So then you had to walk us through the process of downloading the digital wallet. Then you would, it was really quite incredible once the artwork was purchased, how you then transferred, what would you call it? What did you
1: transfer to me, the IP or the? The NFT. The NFT, yeah. yeah
0: because absolutely.
1: Because my, I guess I'll explain what I use NFTs for because yeah. that's probably yeah. a good way to go. Um, so. Because my work is um, essentially a video MP4 file, the NFT looks as a digital certificate of authenticity. So if you think you get a painting, you get a little, you know, card that says done by blah, blah, blah. Um, but with video, because it's so easily right-click, save, you know, copy, paste, copy, paste, the NFT is that digital way of saying you have the original, you own it, it's valuable, it's it's blockchain, so it's immutable. It is something that um, no one can can dispute. And that's what collectors and art want. They want a way that um, creates value and creates ownership within a digital space. And I think this rise of um, digital artists, because of their ability to do that, is why NFTs have gone, you know, yeah. sorry.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And then there's not that many, you know,
1: replicas or copycats.
0: It's actually yes, um, narrowing down that um, by-product because, you know, we see someone buys a Gucci handbag but there's, there's a million fakes out. Whereas yeah. I think with an NFT, it is going to be incredibly hard to replica, wouldn't yes, agree? Yeah, so that makes it incredibly valuable because you are the only, like the NFT I've got, I'm the only one with that. So um, yes. I completely agree from an investment point of view. And so what's your passion? What inspires you with your
1: artwork? Oh, I think it's the... The physical properties itself and how they mimic the universal algorithms of life, whether it be ocean streams, your body, I don't know, it just has this way of representing a, and don't take this the wrong way, but a divinity within like just a liquid substance has this ability to replicate anything and everything and it's what you take from it as well, I think. Um, I love it's like watching clouds everyone takes can see something different and um, I love when people see what they see and are transfixed by it and have I think a calming and almost um, healing power because I know I get transfixed in when I'm working but when I see people have that same sort of meditative state in my work is, is quite, um, yeah, special.
0: I find that I'm very hyperactive. I've always got a thousand things on the go. But when I purchased the NFT, we got an MP4 file, and so I use the USB, put it into our big screen TV, and I put it on. And my kids, who are crazier than me four little, uh, three little boys, God, four I don't think I could handle four, but (laughs) three crazy little boys, and they just sat. And they were just spellbound by this incredible movement. Uh, the one I've got is called the Kimberly. And it was all, you know, they were just so tra- tra- I, don't, I don't know what they they were like in this zone. And I was like, my husband, my jaws just dropped because they were like, oh Mom, I saw a cloud. I saw this. And they, like you say, they were pulling all these different, each one of them, their mind was pulling different things from it. But they just, they must have watched it 10 times on loop. And then they went and got our neighbors to come and watch it. They were just so blown away and I have never seen anything else do that to them so I was like wow I know you talked about it with me you know children and art therapy but until I actually saw it and saw the way it just stopped my children in their tracks I was like mind-blowing impact so it was just so incredible and I thought wow this is something that will moving forward will you know help and aid people especially in the world of mental health And the fact that Mm -hmm. even briefly, you know, I can't meditate. I'm terrible at it because I just can't switch off. But I can actually sit and watch your art because I find it fascinating and it entertains my brain, I guess, Um, compared to meditating. I have to overthink. (laughs) You know, I just think there's such a scope in that. And I think, I mean, that's one example of how people will use it. When they buy an NFT, they can get a MP4 file to actually put on their TVs in homes.
1: How else are people using NFTs? Oh, I mean, I guess you've all, well, probably not everyone, but there's the Bored Ape Yacht Club, which is quite, it's huge. Um, so that's more of, it's become a brand um, in itself and it's become a club. It's become a status symbol. So when you buy a Bored Ape, you, you essentially buy an NFT and a JPEG. But that yeah. JPEG, they've given you the rights for the whole, so they've copyright for that image so you can use that image on merchandise on people have gold chains with the board ape now to symbolize it's like a nike tick, a wow. Bored ape tick. okay so, so i think that's where that whole um it's I'm gonna call it a brand it, the board ape yacht club has taken nfts to um it's got utility but it's got status so i think what I'm seeing a lot um with NFTs is that brands like Nike, brands like God, Lamborghini's just um done one, the huge brands have an NFT um, um, what's it called when you um armed um, the business. Now I know Gucci is great yeah. NFTs, the, the fashion labels are quite into carrying their own lines, I guess, yes. as NFTs. Yeah, so I think that's where if you don't have an NFT um product or an NFT Um, strategy that's what I was trying to think of an NFT strategy moving you know into this web three which is everyone is talking about I think that's where NFTs if you utilize that with a big brand it's just another way of um, making money I guess but it's uh, just another revenue source especially with all this talk about metaverse and that's where you then lead into um, if you think about having you know if you're in the metaverse you've got a huge house in the metaverse and a nft lamborghini you'll need a gucci nft as well yeah and that's an <laughs> incredible thing he was
0: in the um studio one day in our studio and she was taking me through this metaverse and she's like let's go into an art gallery and i'm like what oh and yeah me for an art gallery and then you and she's like look at that piece of artwork and i was like wow this is like i guess it's virtual reality in some ways but it's Yeah, it's just a completely different thing and it was really mind-blowing. And like you say, people are buying pieces to put in their metaverse. So it's almost a little gamey, like having a game, but um, Mm. it's quite incredible. And then you can buy up places like,
1: you know, Cottesloe and other things like that in the metaverse and you can be the only one that owns it. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. I mean, so the metaverse is just going to be another sort of real life, well, not real life, um, but uh, another economy it's going to be a, a total new way of doing business in a digital economy um, and I think that's where the blockchain again underpins this um, digital assets in a metaverse so it's, it's all intertwined it's all interwoven.
0: So tell me about your um, when you originally met with me you were operating under the brand Imposter Studio. How did that name come about and you know what really is that as an Instagram account and what's the difference between that and your Nicola Cox and the Instagram
1: account? Yeah, so I'm, when I first met you, Nikki, I, I think you did the flip on me. So okay. I, I came to you with a completely other pitch and I walked out of there with my head flipped and turned and gone, oh, I have to be an artist. <laughs> yeah. I tell that to people because I see things very differently to how most people see
0: them. And I was like, "Yeah, that's amazing, but it's really hard to market."
1: Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> and so I guess, um, yeah, that's so. When I when I went back into art, I was like, "No, I don't want to be me. I want to hide behind. I want to be a Banksy, you know. Wow. I want to be someone that's not known." I was not prepared to put myself out there. I think you talked to me about public speaking. I was like, "Um, yeah, no." <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, and here we are. So. I think that's where the imposter studio. But right from the get go, when um, I started filming my art, I've got audio of me saying, "I think I'm a fraud," because I felt like my art was accidental and it wasn't me um, making it. It was almost like I put it together, but then there were other forces at hand doing the art. So I felt like, well, I'm not making it. So I felt like an imposter. I felt like I was a fraud, and I felt like anyone could do this and I still felt like that, well, not anymore. But I I felt like that when I first um, started my my first Instagram account, The Imposter Studio. So, and um, my lovely friend made a little gorgeous um, picture of a top hat and a moustache, like I was in a disguise, like it wasn't me. I think I even said to you, wouldn't it be easier being a man? Yes. to do like being an artist and there's lots of profound male artists and so so that's where the imposter studio comes from it comes from this feeling of and and the fact that I'm also a physio I feel like I don't know who I am I feel like I'm an imposter in most aspect aspects of my life but I know I'm very much not but it's hard yeah, <laughs> to get rid of that feeling And so now you have two Instagram accounts, obviously the Imposter Studio,
0: which you would say is probably more behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, it's a a little more fluid. It's um, not as lovely and polished as um, the one you started out um, creating for me, which is so lovely. It's a bit more of putting ideas out there without um, feeling like I have to not censor myself but I've got the other ability to just play and have a freedom so that's that. I think that's um, the, uh, the way I look at it is, is your imposter studio is um,
0: Instagram account is more an insight into your studio and into your mind, mm-hmm. how you're coming up with everything. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, Nicola Coxon, artist, is definitely more in a professional capacity so people can yes. see They can see where you spoke on stage. at (laughs) events. They can see any features you've had in print or media. Um, And I guess that's from a marketing perspective why we created that because there was such a different division between the two and, like, we were managing it for quite a while, keeping it very curated, the new one as we went out to the media um, because it created authority and trust. And then for your um, fans and everyone that follows you and loves watching it inside, just into the raw nikki what she's doing in her studio one of mine thinking uh that's really the imposter studio which both of them are incredibly valuable but both of them teach different things and educate people on different things so i think it's absolutely part of your journey and so so vital that you do keep both of them um because both of them are for different reasons so I know we talked briefly about the impact that your um, NFT had on my children. I just want to quickly talk about as well art therapy because I know that's something you've explored. You've talked to me about it. What is mm-hmm. art therapy for children and what impact have you seen it have on children?
1: I guess I just wanted to touch on um, there's an artist who she's global, she's huge. Her name's Krista Kim. And she she was um involved with Steve Aoki and Lamborghini on releasing the last um NFT Lamborghini. I mean, one of the last Lamborghinis to be made, a certain model, and it was an NFT, and she created the Spectrum um color palette. She she toured around um America with a huge screen of um just a gradient that changed, almost like a sunset gradient, but um it was colours beautiful and combining that with music, and she talks about um, the ability for digital technologies to have healing properties on humans in general and how she speaks about really needing this metaverse, this new world, this new technological world to have that at the forefront of people's minds, the the ability for technologies to be healing, inclusive, collaborative and decentralised so that um, it needs to be the ownership lies within the self rather than the one. Yeah, I think she's a great, um, she's a really big inspiration for me in terms of that technologies being healing and meditative and um, rather than we hear so much badness about technologies and how we're in our phones, how can we not use the technologies for good?
0: I love that. I think that's so vital to actually bring that up, that, yeah, there is a lot of negativity around technology, mm. but at the same time, digital art can literally take someone to another place, escapism, meditative, mm. and, you know, we've seen that through your work. And do you think hospitals will end up adapting and using art therapy in digital
1: in a digital capacity? Oh, i love that. I, that would be, obviously, I work with adults, so um, I haven't spent a lot of time ever at pch touch wood i guess (laughs) so i'm sure it will art and children it's just it it's hand in hand i think and i but the more we see technology in kids hands especially in gaming and um we need to be more mindful of these games need to be just of a more educational but um healing capacity and i think if artists are in the really forefront and collaborative um, role with so I think this whole ecosystem of collaboration that artists builders you know sort of technological people and if they work together I think we can create technologies platforms metaverses that are really safe and really friendly and inclusive and yeah and potentially
0: healing. healing 100% yeah, I
1: think
0: absolutely which I think is just so vital and I'm sure As the world evolves, we'll see more and more need for that. And I just feel like, you know, after seeing, like I said, the effect on my children, I was like, wow, if you've got a sick child or someone struggling with mental health, if that is the way for them to calm themselves and refocus, I mean, that can only be a good thing. And the ability to actually be able to carry it around on your phone as well, Mm. you can actually do it anywhere, literally just watch your artwork anywhere on your phone if that is a way of relaxing and calming yourself down so I just think that's an incredible you know byproduct of this um, emerging NFT artwork.
1: Absolutely Um, there was I can't remember where I saw the talk but it was about a palliative care unit using virtual reality to take these dying patients into a whole nother world to see something they hadn't seen before and Um, view like a Rothko in Paris that they hadn't seen. So just, yeah, the the healing technologies are just, yeah, um, limitless, aren't they? They are. They are. And it's exciting.
0: So what would you be your advice to someone who's wanting to know more about NFTs, possibly
1: invest in them? Yeah, give us a bit of a recommendation. I would would get YouTubing and watch everything you can. I learn so much through YouTube and educate because um there's so many quick tutorial videos about you know blockchain nfts even a bit of cryptocurrency um, cuz i guess that's to buy an nft you're going to have to use the blockchain um the currency that the blockchain uses so Um, I did it a bit differently in my exhibition, but if you were to ever trade or to sell your NFT, you'd have to utilise cryptocurrency. So I think education is, and I think you will agree, Nikki, education is the number one thing you need to do before embarking on anything, because it will become, it is a technology, but it will become a financial product. So you really do need to educate and talk to people that know a lot about, cryptocurrencies, blockchain, but you can find so much, so much on the internet. Um,
0: I think that's amazing advice and even though I have one, (laughs) I don't know (laughs) what I'm going to do with it or how it works. Um, But, you know, I remember getting me to buy ETH to pay (laughs) for it and I was like, what? I don't understand uh, all this part. But you know what? We did it and we worked it out and we got it, you know, my team and I, we sat there and we set up a digital wallet and then you transferred it across to me and it was it was actually a lot simpler than I even thought. Like it was actually very simple once we started the process of it. It can feel overwhelming, and I guess that's probably my advice in working with you and seeing how other people interact and get a little bit hesitant. But, you know, I reckon give it 10 years and everyone's going to be very comfortable with NFTs and more than yeah. half the population will own them and more than half the population will have some aspect in their business that includes Absolutely. them. Absolutely. So, you know, it's like I guess the first time we got mobile phones, everyone was terrified of what we're going to do with this, the same with laptops, and here we are, you know, 10, in 15. The internet. There's um. The light, electricity. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things uh, in history that, you know, initially we're all quite intimidated by and unsure because we don't have education around it. So you're exactly right, encouraging people to go and further their knowledge by YouTube. And, you know, that's free learning, so there really is yes. to use if you are interested in NFTs to learn more.
1: So what's next for you, the Imposter Studio? Where where are you going? What are you doing? What are you up to? Um, well, currently my studio is getting renovated, so I'm a little bit blocked. But I'm still creating and um, planning my next exhibition at some point. Um, so that'll be exciting. I think I'll definitely do NFTs and video work. But I really want to go back to my because I did start doing sculpture as well at uni. So I'd love to do some other art as well Um, so that's that's me I think I told you I'm sort of going full-time art as well so you just made the big announcement to me that you've resigned from your full-time stable job oh I know I'll still I don't think I'll give up my license I think I, I still that's such a huge part of who I am and I'm so passionate about health and wellness So I'm not quite ready to completely step away. I'm just foot in the door, or toe in the water one step and then fully. But I
0: think that's just incredible. You know, we met obviously a year ago today and I had said to you, you know, in 12 months you're going to be, you know, looking to be a full-time artist. You're going to, you know, resign from your job, your stable job that you've had for 10 years and you are going to, you know, embark on this NFT journey artist and explore other mediums of art. I think you would have been quite Mm. Here we are, twelve months later, and it's oh, wow. what's happened, which is just <laughs> incredible. And you know, you're renovating your studio, um, which I mean, that's I've been in that space even before it was renovated. It's still an incredible space, so I can't wait to see what um, that yeah. ends up looking like. And then I love that you're also exploring. I've been watching you do a little bit of different art on the side, and I love that because no one thinks like an artist. No one thinks like you, um,
1: and what you're creating in terms of sculptures and things like that. It's it's really exciting. <laughs> So, yeah, no, thanks, Nikki, there. That's what I'm, yeah, embarking on. And I've just done a couple, I did a talk with um, Blockchain Australia. They did a huge week around Australia talking about just what we've talked about. Um, so that was a privilege to talk at that event about my journey. And the-
0: And I think that just the
1: more awareness, so uh,
0: we helped host um, for Nikki a huge opening um, NFT exhibition, the first solo exhibition in Uh, Western Australia and I think it was the second one in Australia it was it was quite remarkable and no one really had not many probably only 10% of those attending actually really knew what NFTs were until they walked into that room that night or that warehouse space and just the magic it created and again you can see the um, imagery and the videos on Nikki's Instagrams, um, they were definitely worthwhile watching because it is just jaw-dropping, the NFTs displayed on big screens throughout a building and the impact it had. And, I mean, it was a highly successful night. A lot of people bought NFTs that perhaps had never owned an NFT, but actually that was where, you know, people really were like, wow, this is is something incredible that we're witnessing here. So, you know, I look forward to you doing another exhibition because the power and impact that night alone was just incredible. Yeah, and, yeah, I think that really cemented in people's minds that it wasn't something to be intimidated by. This you know, something beautiful and different. So, yeah, that was just an incredible night. So Thank we always you. finish up with um, three questions to me. I don't Ooh. know, so, um, but Nikki knows me obviously very well. So I'm very
1: intrigued at what you are going to ask. Oh, she's I <laughs> <laughs> So I know when I started, well, even before I met you, before I engaged you, I knew nothing about marketing. A new t- like minuscule amount. So I think I did one of your courses, which is no longer the growth accelerator. Yeah. If you were giving, cause you said to me, do this, this is, I think you need to educate yourself first. If you were talking to someone like me, what course of yours would you recommend someone starting yep. to do?
0: Well, interesting, I've pulled all my courses off. I currently know have no online courses available because I'm building a huge one. And it's really focused on what we're talking about because I've noticed there's such a gap in the market. And it's for people that are earning over six figures, they're starting to get into that 100 grand mark and they're wanting to excel past that. They're leaving their full-time jobs. They know there's growth there, but they need to scale it and how they can consistently make money. But the other thing is usually people that I work with are mums. So they're not just juggling their creative outlet and their business, they're juggling parenthood and dealing with children. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> way. dealing with children. They have children. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a huge component in this new course about how to manage your business uh, and save time and create freedom so that you can still continue to be creative because a lot of us get so wound into our businesses that we don't have the space or time to think, which is when we become the most creative. And I'm sure as an artist, you would agree that, you know, just having that house to yourself. If I get my house to myself for half an hour, I am the happiest person when there's no one in my house (laughs) because I can think, I can be creative and that's usually all I need. But I think, uh, you know, that course is going to be amazing because it's not just about scaling your business and how to market it. It's got a step-by-step marketing and PR guide in it. But I think the big thing at the moment I'm concerned with is people are just so immersed in their business. They're working really hard in that, but they're not getting any results. So, you know, it's about how to work, um,
1: work less, but earn more. Love that. Mm. So number two, if you were to create an NFT series, what would your NFT series be? Oh, that's a big question.
0: <laughs> I think that would go off the back. I would probably collaborate with someone like you and do it around the mindset of a busy entrepreneur and, um, you know, something creative and beautiful but meditative that literally, like I said, I can do what your NFT on my phone, because I know meditation is not for me, but when I watch your artwork or your NFTs, I'm in a very meditative state, which never happens. Um, So it would be creating an NFT collection, encouraging entrepreneurs to at least, you know, a few times a week actually have meditative space um, through a creative aspect more than something, you know, like sitting there trying to clear your mind. My mind does never, it never clears but if um, my attention's held, well, then that is kind of meditative for me. So by having watching your artwork, my attention's held. So I feel like that's when I actually get clarity. So probably something around that.
1: Oh, I love that. All right, last question. Um, your peak and your pit moments from your career and the lessons you've learned from both.
0: Yeah, okay. So the peak was <laughs> having, I had this unicorn client who um, developed a bridal uh, compendium or book or diary, you call it. And she'd done a new research on the market. She just had this incredible bridal book she designed, created, spent an absolute fortune. And I'm sure she doesn't mind me sharing this, but when I met her, she was already $600,000 into this business and she wanted to market it. And, you know, we met and, you know, I said to her very offhandedly, you know, if you want to market this and really make an impact in the world, you'd have to take it to Bridal Week in New York. Well, mm-hmm. Guess who ended up going to Bridal Week in New York. So we, um, that was an incredible moment for me. I was paid. I was all my flights, accommodation, everything was taken care of. We went to New York for nearly two weeks, um, went to the biggest bridal fairs in the world, pitched it to every editor of every magazine you can possibly think of. Yeah. So that, you know, on someone else's expense was just an incredible opportunity for me to go and have a look at the PR world, the bridal world. And be in New York. It was, it was just amazing. And you know, you I very rarely get unicorn clients like that. Um, but you know, interestingly, we went all that way. And, you know, she I think she sold two books. Oh wow. So, yeah. We we're well into a million dollars by then. And it was a really good lesson for me and for her, and I think everyone else involved that it's, you know, I guess this is probably the other half to the answer of the question that you really need to do your market research whether your product if there's a market for it. So when we come back, I was feeling really deflated. I wanted to tweak things on the product because we'd got a lot of feedback. By then, she'd ordered a lot of them so there wasn't the capacity to tweak them. And then I have a a company that we work with sometimes for SEO. So I went to them and got them to do a global search for this product. And it turned out no one was Googling it. So if no one is Googling the product you've created, you've got a big problem (laughs) because people don't know what it's called or people don't need it. So I think that was, you know, a big pivotal point. And since then I've had quite a few and even a few months ago, I had someone come in here that was creating an app. She hadn't, she knew no one in the industry. She created this app and I was like, that's not how that industry works. I know that industry firsthand. They're never going to go and use an app. And she, again, was hundreds of thousands of dollars in building this app. But I was like, do you know one person that will use this? And no, she just had been a customer and thought it was a good idea, but she hadn't looked at the people that it was going to service and they don't use technology. So there was no way they were going to use an app.
1: Mm.
0: You know, so I feel like that's, it's really good. If you have an idea, you need to quantify and valid, validate it long before you actually go and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars.
1: Yeah. It's a wonderful
0: It's amazing if you have that much money, but, you know, you can have hundreds of thousands of dollars and still never sell a product because you haven't actually done your customer research, validate the idea, find out, you know, because your family and friends might go, oh, this is a great idea. But until you really take it to the market, you just don't know. So I guess that's, you know, the highlight for me was going to New York and having that incredible opportunity. But I guess the downfall was, I mean, it was a great education opportunity to learn that, You know, there's people out there that sink a lot of money into products and without actually seeing if there is a market for it.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, so it was really powerful.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really powerful and, you know, and sometimes they're ahead of their time like you. You could have spent years of time and money um, with your video artwork 20 years ago. And maybe got you nowhere because the world wasn't <laughs> ready for it. And now here you are today, and the world is ready for it and caught up, and the technology here. So sometimes it's just a time and a place thing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so That's pretty powerful. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? Share your Instagram and your website with us.
1: Sure. Thank you, Nikki, so much for having me. Um, so Instagram is Nicola Coxon Artist, and my website is nicolacoxon.com.au amazing well if
0: you want to check out nikki's work it's incredible trust me i am a huge huge fan and like i said i own one of the nfts and it is just really incredibly fascinating and nfts are here to stay so you might as well check them out educate yourself and i'm sure you'll fall in love so thank you so much for joining me today thank you nikki i hope you love today's episode I am so passionate about sharing the stories of other business owners and passing on my knowledge and experience from the last 17 years of business ownership. If you enjoyed the Passion to Profit podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a review or you shared it to your Insta stories. Don't forget to tag me at Nikki Milne underscore. Seeking new clients, struggling with brand awareness. These are the things that come up the most in a recent survey I did. You all are looking at ways to market your business, be innovative, fresh, and attract that ideal customer. Well, I've created something just for you. Join me in my new free five-day marketing challenge to increase your inquiries and gain new clients. Hurry, seats are limited. Enroll now at www.nickimilne.com challenge. I would love to have you in this and help accelerate your growth.